it's great to see you here this morning. How many of you excited about being here this morning? Anybody? Amen. It is good to see you here. Uh, I tell you, uh, summer is a great time of the year, and, and it's a great time to start off a, a new series. Before we do that, I just want to remind you of a few things. You know, coming in here, you may have seen some people passing out a, a baby bottle, or you may have already got one, uh, or maybe you're going to see somebody after the service. But I, I just want to tell you what this is all about, because I think it's a it's a really amazing opportunity that we have as a church uh, to participate in a ministry, uh, partnering with a local ministry here in town. But this is a, a, uh, an opportunity for us to support Options Now, which is a pregnancy support center here in our community. And, uh, and, and the idea behind this bottle is to take this home uh, and just put your spare change. If you're like me, you have a spare change laying on just about every piece of furniture in the house. And you can round that spare change up and you can put it in here and bring it back and you know, it doesn't sound like much, but I just want to tell you, last year when we did this, and we do this every year, the baby bottle boomerang with options now, but last year when we did this, we collected almost $5,000 in loose change. Amen. And, uh, and it goes for a wonderful ministry here in town, so if you haven't gotten your bottle, go ahead and grab it this week on your way out. There'll be some volunteers and staff that are passing these out, and put your loose change in. And here's the catch. There's only one more week to go. We've got to bring them back next week. So uh, if you can, take your bottle, fill it up with change, bring it back next week, and let's, let's break what we did last year as far as support to the Pregnancy Support Center, the uh, options now. Uh, and so what a great ministry to do. And then also, before we dive into the message today, I want to just encourage you, tomorrow our children's camp uh, kicks off here at, uh, at 9 o'clock, I think it is, in the morning. And so uh, registration begins at 8.30. If you haven't already registered, you can register at the door but uh, what I just want to encourage us this morning to do is to pray for all the children that are going to be in this place this next week because God is still in the business of changing lives. Amen? Amen. And he is going to change lives this week uh, as we present the gospel, as we have fun with the kids, as we disciple them. It's going to be a remarkable time for us. Uh, and so I, I just want to ask you as a church, if you will, to join me this week in praying that God would move in a, just a mighty way among our children here at Cross Point Church. But it's good to see you here this morning. We're going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to dive into God's Word together this morning. Pray with me, if you will, and let's just ask God to meet us here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit of God, Lord, we do just worship you this morning. We're thankful for your presence in our life. We're thankful, God, that, that we have an opportunity to gather in this place as a faith family, coming together for uh, corporate worship, to worship together God, what a remarkable opportunity. Lord, we know as believers that we are called to worship you continuously with our lives each and every day, each and every minute of our life. But God, today we gather together to just give you all the praises and honor and worship that you are worthy of. And God, we do lift up our children tomorrow as they gather in this place. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, just invade their hearts God, that you would reveal yourself to them, that they would come to understand, Lord, that you are their rock, that you are their salvation, you are the hope for their life. God, I pray that you would be with our, our volunteers and, and our family ministry as they lead uh, in this camp tomorrow. God, that you'd give them strength and wisdom and discernment as they make disciples. And Father, as we gather in this place this morning, I pray, Father, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we would be receptive to your voice that we would hear clearly from you as we dig into your word and study the, the spiritual disciplines that are taught here. Lord, that we may live our life in such a way 
that it would be honoring to you. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you, God, for this time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning, we're kicking off a new series called Don't Waste Your Summer. And as I mentioned in the video earlier, you know, summer is a great time for us to, to sort of chill out, relax. I think most all of us are looking forward to, to summer rolling around. Many of you have already been on vacation. Some of you are planning your vacation. And it's a great time for us to go to the beach or spend time at the lake or go to the park. Our kids are out of school. It's just a great time to sort of chill out. Many of us will begin to, to start wearing shorts like Doug wears most every week of the, of the year. But uh, it, it's a time for us to to really just sort of be more laid back in life. And it's something that we most all anticipate and look forward to. But if we're not careful, many times that sort of laid backness that enters into our life, is it begins to creep into our spiritual life. And, and, our, and our walk with Christ is sort of, like I said, if we're not careful, it's placed on a shelf. And, and, and our time with Jesus is sort of forgotten in the, in the busyness or the, the, the pursuit of summer. And one of the things that we want to accomplish in this series is really just talking about the spiritual disciplines of the Christian walk. You know, Christ, uh, spiritual disciplines are, are really doing those things that, that may not come natural to us as, as, as people, but, but they're really important for us uh, as, as believers in Christ Jesus. I want to define for you, because we're going to be talking about all the way through this series, spiritual disciplines, I want to define what a spiritual discipline is. Uh, this is one way to define it, but basically spiritual disciplines are the times and actions that we purposefully set aside to grow closer with God. Let me explain to you what a spiritual discipline is. Reading your Bible is a spiritual discipline. You know, as, as someone who doesn't know Jesus, we probably aren't reading the Bible, are we? But then that day comes where Jesus invades our lives and he changes our hearts and our lives are transformed and, and we're saved by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus. And as we do that, as God saves us, we suddenly begin to desire to know more about him and we realize that the Bible is the place that we go to to study God, to understand God, to, to know more about his character and his nature and to also understand how it relates to us as believers. But it's not natural for us to read the Bible. We have to discipline ourselves to read the Bible. We have to set aside time in the day to study God's Word so that we can learn more about Him. So reading the Bible becomes just one of those times or those action steps that we take in our life to grow in our relationship with the Lord. That's a spiritual discipline. And so we're going to be looking at these throughout this, this series. Uh, ideally, spiritual disciplines are something that should ultimately mature into everyday habits of our life. And so, so we're going to be looking at these throughout the series. This morning, we're looking at time. Time is a spiritual discipline. It's one of those things that if we're not careful, we can waste all throughout the year. But time is a, it can be a spiritual discipline, and that's what we want to look at today. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5. And what we're doing is we're looking at verses 15, 16, and 17. It's a very short text this morning that we're going to be looking into. If you don't have your Bible, we have it on the screen here this morning. But Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17. In his letter to the Ephesians, Paul is writing this letter, and he is encouraging the local church in Ephesus. And what we begin to notice as we read through the book of uh, or this letter of 
that was written to Ephesus is we begin to understand the things that, that the Apostle Paul was teaching to this local church. We begin to understand some, some very rich uh, truths that, that he presents here. In chapter 1, Paul begins to talk about the blessings of knowing Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question this morning for those of you who are in Christ Jesus. How many of you would testify that knowing Jesus is one of the greatest blessings, if not the greatest blessing of your life? Could you give Jesus a hand this morning? Paul talks about that. We, we know that knowing Jesus is a great blessing in our life. For those of us who are followers of Christ, we are blessed to know him. And so Paul begins Ephesians talking about the blessings of knowing Christ. We get to chapters 2 and 3, and these become rich, gospel-centered chapters for us to study. We begin to learn things like God's grace and, and faith and even oneness with God. And we begin to understand what that means for us as believers in Christ Jesus. And so we, we study these truths. By the time we get to chapter 4, he begins to address things like unity in the body of Christ. And he reminds us of the new life that we have in Jesus. Every one of us as believers know that the life that we have in Jesus today is not the life that we had before Jesus. And so he begins to, to talk a little bit about new life and, and what it means to, to have a new life in Christ Jesus. Now, by the time we get to Ephesians chapter 5, he begins to transition into talking about some very practical things to understand about the Christian walk. He begins to really lay out for us those spiritual disciplines that we need to understand. In fact, as we, as we look at verse 1, we, we see where Paul says, Therefore, be imitators of God. We read throughout Scripture that as believers, we should be imitators of Christ. And here he says, therefore, be imitators of God. He's taught all this theology. He's talked about grace. He's talked about faith. He's talked about oneness with God. And then what he says, he says, listen, as believers, we need to discipline ourselves to where we begin to look more like God than what we used to look like. And so he, he brings that into this chapter, and then we get to verse 4, and he says things like, let there be no filthiness nor foolish talk coming from our lips. He says this isn't uh, how a believer should be. He says in verse 6, he says, let no one deceive you. He's talking about the reality that we need to know who we are as believers in Christ Jesus, and we shouldn't be easily deceived by the world. So he, he warns us of that. And then we get to verse 11. He says, take no part in unfruitful works of righteousness. So these seem to be reminders that Paul is presenting to us as believers to understand about the Christian walk. In fact, they seem to somewhat be a bit of a warning of how things can go wrong if we're not careful. And then we get to verse 15. And this is where our text is today. And we begin to see that Paul addresses something that is very important. He addresses the issue of time. He begins to talk about what it means to be a good steward of our time. And that's what we're looking at this morning. So read with me, if you will, verses 15, 16, and 17. Paul starts off here in the passage. He says, look carefully. And I love that. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. He says, making the best use of the time 
because the days are evil. And then he says in verse 17, therefore do not be foolish, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So this morning we look at this passage and we begin to realize some very important things about being good stewards of our time. The passage is short, but it's very important. In fact, Paul starts out here and he says this. He says, look carefully then how you walk. The Holman Christian Standard says it like this. It says, pay careful attention to how you walk with Christ. Some translations say, say observe or take notice of the things that I'm about to say. And any time in Scripture, when, when, when we begin to see things like look carefully or pay attention we realize that the next things that are going to be talked about are hugely important for the life of a believer. And so Paul says here, he says, look carefully at what I'm about to tell you. Pay attention to, to, to this truth because it will affect your life greatly. And then he says this, he says, look carefully at how you walk. And so Paul is saying here, make the best use of your time with Christ. Now this morning, as we get ready to dig into this, I, I want to offer to you three questions that I believe that we should ask ourselves concerning time management. Because the reality is, is that none of us here today want to be uh, people who waste our time. I, in fact, I, I wouldn't think we are. I, I would think that most of us in this room today would be people who want to make the best use of our time. But today we want to look at how time can be a spiritual thing, how time can be a spiritual discipline and how the Word of God instructs us to use our time at the best of our ability to bring glory to God. And so these three questions is what I want to present to you here today. The first one is this, why should time management be important to us? Now, I've already said that the Word of God tells us it ought to be, and so that's Reason number one, I guess, that's a good enough reason, isn't it, amen, that the Word of God would tell us to be good stewards of our time? But I want to offer to you a couple of practical reasons why it should be important to us. Look at verse 15 with me, if you will. Paul says, look carefully then how you walk, not as wise, but making the best use of our time. One of the things that Paul is, is sort of pointing out to us here is that Time management or being a good steward of time is important, but here's why. Because time is a, is a measure of what we value. Time is a measure of what we value. You can look at a person's time and know what they think is important in their life. I remember years ago hearing the phrase, and you've probably, many of you probably heard this before, that if you want to know what's important to someone, just look at their checkbook. Have you ever heard that phrase before? Because the reality is this, you can look at what people spend their money on, and it's those things which are important to them. That's just a reality. That's a truth. Well, the same can be said about our time. You always can, can measure what people value by that which they invest their time in as well. And so that's a good reason for us to consider why it might be important for us to understand that we are called as believers to be good stewards of our time. Because what we know is that, that if we're going to be living lives that are pleasing to God, then we want to make sure that we are evaluating those things 
which will reveal whether or not we're pleasing God, that we're bringing glory to God, that we're living for Jesus. And so here we see that, that this is hugely important. I want to share a passage with you this morning. Matthew 6, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says this in verses 19 to 21 as he's teaching them. He says this, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. And he's speaking mostly about money right here. He's talking about, uh, about finances, but he says, don't collect for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. He says in verse 20, but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves don't break in and steal. And then he says this, he says in verse 21, for where your treasure is, he says, there your heart will be also. Well, no doubt he's talking about here, he's talking about finances, your, your money. And he says, where your money is, there also will be your treasure. That's why we have that old saying, just look at a person's checkbook and you know what's important to them. But we can also realize that there are many treasures in our life, aren't there? There are many things that we treasure that we consider precious or valuable to us besides just our money. And many of us would consider that our time is also precious to us. Amen? I, I know this. I know that there's not enough minutes in a day. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that? That just seems like there's just not enough time in the day to get everything done, is it? And, and, and we value our time. We don't want to be wasters of time. We want, to be, we want to value our time. We want to be good stewards with our time. And so here we begin to see that what Jesus is teaching us in this passage is those things that we value, we need to also understand that they are great measures of what we see as valuable. Here's another reason why we shouldn't waste our time or why time management uh, should be important to us, that our wasted time has eternal consequences. Not only is time a good measurement for what we believe is important, but time is also, our wasted time has eternal consequences. If we look at the passage that we're looking at here, uh, talking uh, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, we see that he says this, he says, don't collect for yourselves treasures on earth. He says, but collect for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys. He says, he says, these treasures have great value. And then he goes on to say, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so he's pointing out, listen, you want to bring glory to God, don't waste your time. Use your time for the glory of God. We see Paul writing to the Corinthians and he says, whether I eat or drink or whatever I do, I do it all for the glory of God. And so he, he reveals that he lives his life in a way that he will always bring glory to God. And no doubt, if time is one of our treasures, then we must consider time if, when, when we are living our life for the glory of God. And so this is why it should be important to us. I love what Jonathan Edwards once wrote. Jonathan Edwards, a, a great theologian, he once said this. He said, upon time, we should set a high value and be exceedingly careful that it is not lost. Time is so short and the work which we have to do it is so great that we have none of it to spare. How many of you have any extra time laying around? Anybody? Most none of us in this room have any extra time 
laying around. He says the work which we have to do to prepare for an eternity must be done in time or it can never be done. Hence, it is that time is so exceedingly precious because by it we have the opportunity of escaping everlasting misery and of it obtaining everlasting blessedness and glory. In other words, what Jonathan Edwards is saying is he's saying this. Are you living your life moment by moment, minute by minute, day by day, bringing glory to God or for some other reason? Our time is precious. And one of the things that we need to recognize here today is this, is that one of the greatest gifts that God has given us is time. God brought us into this world, amen? He brought us into this world, and it's God who takes us from this world. Only God knows the time that he will give us for, to, to live out our lives for the glory, for his glory. And so here we see that the realities of what Scripture is teaching us is that we need to be good stewards of our time. Now here's the second question that we should ask ourselves. The second question that we should all be asking ourselves, and I can't answer this for you. I can't answer this for you. I can only answer this question for me. But the question is this, in what ways do we waste our time? I think it's a good question. It's a legitimate question that each and every one of us in this room should ask ourselves if we truly want to bring glory to God with our time. Amen? We need to be asking ourselves, how am I wasting my time? This is a legitimate question. And here's some things I jotted down. This may not be what you struggle with. It may not be what I struggle with. But these are things that I jotted down, ways that we can waste our time if we're not careful. Here's the first one. We waste our time with idleness and laziness. That's one of the ways that we waste our time, that people waste their time. People, some people in this world are just lazy. And one of the things that we begin to realize is that laziness is sin. Let me, let me show you a passage of Scripture here. In Proverbs uh, 19, 15, it says, Laziness induces deep sleep, and a lazy person will go hungry. I looked up the definition of lazy, and it says this. Laziness is, is the quality of being, and listen to this now, the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy. The quality of being unwilling to use work or to work or to use energy. Now, I want to make this point clear because I think this is hugely important. Laziness is not the same thing as resting, Okay? Laziness is sinful. Resting is spiritual, okay? And so let us not get confused when someone is taking a break or resting, which can be a very spiritual thing, can be a very God-glorifying thing. We, we need not judge that person as being lazy. Lazy is being unwilling to do those things which God may be calling us to do. Resting may be doing exactly what God wants us to do. Amen? So we need to make sure that we understand that just because we're resting doesn't mean that we're necessarily lazy. But lazy can be one of those ways that we waste our time. I think it's interesting what Paul does next. I, I think in this passage it's really interesting to me. Because what Paul does is he relates two things to time. He relates two things. He relates evilness or, or being 
evil with time uh, he, 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 or wickedness. And then the other thing that he relates to time is knowing the will of God. He says right here in this passage, he says, look carefully then how you walk, how you live out your life with Christ, not as unwise, but wise. And then he says this, making the best of your time. And then he says this, because the days are evil. What does he mean by that? Making the best use of your time because the days are evil, he says. Therefore, do not be foolish. And then he says this, relating to time, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Here's a way that we can waste our time, by pursuing sin. That's what he means by this. If our time is being used to pursue sin, then we are wasting our time. In fact, that is a very destructive thing that is in our life, and we need to turn away from that and turn instead in a pursuit of righteousness that can only come through Christ Jesus. And so what we see here is that one of the ways that we can waste our time is in pursuit of ten. Listen to what Isaiah 55, 7 says. It says, let the wicked one abandon his ways and the sinful one his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And so what Isaiah was saying here is he's saying, listen, if you are pursuing sin, if you are chasing after sin, if you're living your life with a spirit of wickedness, let him stop from doing that to repent of that, to turn away from that, and to pursue instead the things of the Lord. Isaiah would say, stop wasting your time chasing after sin. Pursue God instead. I love that. And Jesus even said to his disciples one time, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Amen? Seek first the kingdom of God. Don't pursue sin. Don't pursue wickedness. And so that's the way we waste our time. Here's another one. One more. We waste our time by pursuing uh, worldly understanding. Worldly understanding. In other words, philosophy can be one of those things that just completely contradicts the word of God. And yet so many people in our world today are, are, are what they might consider themselves as great thinkers, but they don't line up with the the way God thinks, they line up with the way the world tends to think. And so one of the ways that we can waste our time is by pursuing worldly understanding. Listen to what Watchman Nee once said. He was a great theologian, uh, uh, Chinese theologian. He said this one time. He says, people who are lazy, careless, doubtful-minded, or arrogant need not expect God to reveal his secret or covenant to them. And so what he says here is he says, listen, if you're going to waste your time pursuing things of the world, then don't come to me and say, hey, I, I'm not hearing from God. God's not going to reveal his purpose and his plan for your life when you're pursuing the things of the world. And so this is one of the things that, that Watchman Nee would, would suggest to us. George Washington Carver said this one time. He said, 99% of the failures come from people who have a habit of making excuses, of making excuses. We need not make excuses of our time. We just need to make sure that with our time, we are bringing glory to God. Here's the third question, and we're almost done. Third question, what are some ways that we can better manage our time 
and ultimately honor God. I mean, that's why we're here, right? We want to we learn what God's Word may teach us about how we can be good stewards of our time and honor God and ultimately bring glory to God through the use of our time. We, we, we want to live our life in such a way that in every way we're bringing glory to God. Here's one good way not to waste your time, okay? Don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Get started, okay? Listen to what Psalm 119.60 says. The, the psalmist, he says this. He said, I hurried, not hesitating to keep your commandments. I hurried, not hesitating to keep your commandments. One of the, the greatest, I think, hindrances to the Christian life is us knowing that we hear from God and yet we're scared to death to move forward. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been to a place where you're praying through something and you wonder, you know, God, what would you have me to do with my life? What would you have me to do on this day? And in the midst of that, you feel as though God gives you the answer, but we allow fear and we allow so many other things to keep us from moving forward in that which we know God's calling us to do. What I would suggest to us today is as we consider the ways that we can bring glory to God and we can honor him is to not procrastinate with our life. Don't be procrastinators. I, I have to testify with you today. There's one thing that I do procrastinate with, and I, I think I've, I've cleared this up with God okay. I think he's, he forgives me. I hate cleaning out my garage. I hate it. Yeah, I mean, it's just like the worst thing in the world. And it's one of the easiest things in the world. But Linnell say, hey, do you think you could get to the garage today? Maybe. You know, I, I just don't, there's not quite enough boxes and trash out there yet. I don't know. I just, you know, it's just one of those things I put off and I put off. And it's never hard work. It usually is done so quickly. But it's one of those things that I, I procrastinate if I'm not careful. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things that, that we need to understand that many times when we hear from God, we need to, we need to move forward on that. I'll tell you, one of, the, one of the greatest blessings in my life was, 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 was hearing from God about planning a church in Valdosta, Georgia called Cross Point Church and then being obedient to follow through with that. i tell you, one time we were, we were, Linnell and I were at a place where we were really praying through uh, you know, when. We knew that God was calling us to plant a church. The only thing we didn't knew, know was when. And we were, we were fasting, and we were praying, and we were seeking God, and we were saying, God, just tell us when. Just tell us when you want us to plant the church. We're, we're ready to go when you're ready to go, God. And I remember our pastor got up one Sunday, and we were, Linnell and I had, had begun this fast, and we were just really intent on hearing from God. And our pastor, he got up, and he, 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 he began to share with us. He, he began to talk about taking steps of faith in our life. And I remember he had two points to his sermon. And the first one was this, that we only have two options. One is that we can recall in fear. And I remember thinking about taking a step of faith and thinking and realizing God was revealing to me that what I was doing in my life was sort of holding back because of fear. And then he mentioned the second point, which was, or we can respond in faith. And I remember looking at Linnell, my wife, and I said, today's the day. We had no idea how we were going to provide for our family. We had no idea how we were going to make it happen. We didn't have any idea if we would be able to gather any people. We had no idea of anything but this one truth that God wanted us to plant a church. And I remember going down to the pastor and saying, Pastor, 
I need to resign because God's calling me away to go and plant a church. And I remember he sort of argued with me. He was like, are you sure? Are you sure it's time to go? I mean, you know, you're, you're going to leave us now. You don't want to wait a couple of months and let's pray about it. And I said, I have been praying about it. He, he continued to try to talk me into it. I said, it's your fault. You're the one that preached the sermon, you know. You're the one that said, I can recoil in fear and take a step of faith. I'm taking a step of faith, man. And I remember it's just one of those things that was just such a life lesson to me to know that, that when you hear from God, you just go. You just do. God will take care of the how and all the other details that you need to know. But when we hear from God, and that's what I hope you hear today, when we hear from God, we need not put it off. That goes for us individually, and that goes for us collectively as a church. If God is telling us to go, we need to go. Jonathan Edwards said this one time, another Jonathan Edwards quote. I love this one. He says, if you delay, talking about, you know, you hear from God, if you delay and put it off its improvement, still more time will be lost, and it will be an evidence that you are not sensible of its preciousness. In other words, what Jonathan Edwards is saying is, he says, when you put off time, you begin to realize, what that reveals about you is that you don't believe that time is precious. You know, one of the things we know as believers is that God's called us all to go and make disciples. And many of us are sitting here today and we're probably wondering, you know, well, I haven't been properly trained. I, I don't know enough about God's word. I don't, I'm not ready to go out and make disciples. Well, what are you doing about getting trained? What are you doing about studying God's word that you would be capable and able and equipped to go out and share the gospel, the good news? That we in our use of our time would bring glory to God. Let us not procrastinate. Here's another one for us. And I'm almost done. And this one's big. This one's big. This one's huge. Let worship permeate in everything that you do. Let worship be a part of your life 24-7, 365 days out of the year. You see, there's this idea, and it's a false one, there's this idea that, that worship happens when we come into this place and we sing these songs on Sunday morning. My friends, that's worship, but that's not all we do to worship God. When we gather in this place, we worship but when we walk into the restaurant after church, we should be in a continuous place of worship and we should be asking God always, God, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to respond? In what way can I look like Jesus as I engage with my waiter and my waitress? What way can I live out my life this moment in a place of worship? Let worship permeate in our lives, let it, let it flow. Let, let our lives be an overflow of what God is doing in our hearts. Let us worship God with every moment of our life. I love what the writer of Hebrews says. He says this, through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledge his name. Can I just say something to you this morning? I know it's summer, and I know that some of you are probably going to be at the beach next week. 
Can I just say to you, that's okay? That's okay? But can I also suggest to you that as you stand on that beach next week or next month or whenever it is that you're planning to go, as you stand on that beach, could you just remember that God created all of that? Could you just remember that he is worthy of your praise? Could you just remember, could you just remember to worship him with your children and with your family as you build sandcastles and as you ride the waves on a boogie board? Can you just remember that God is the one who has given you the time to do all of that? Can you just worship him? Can I ask you this this morning, that as you go to the lake this afternoon or this week and you find yourself being towed behind a boat on a long rope on a very unstable inner tube because the guy is going way too fast. Can you just worship God in that moment? You know, your worship might be like something like, God, don't let me die. But can you remember that God created that lake? Can you remember that God has called you as a believer of God to look like Jesus? Can you remember that God has given you the opportunity through your salvation and your sanctification to worship Him every moment of your life? Worship Him. Let our time be honoring to God. Let our time be glorious to God. Our leisure time is a time for rest. We all need it. And I said earlier, rest is not the same as, as laziness. Rest is something that is very spiritual. I love what Exodus 34, 21 says. It says, six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing time and in harvest, you shall rest. You need your downtime. You need your time away. You need your time this summer to take a step back. But in the midst of that, bring glory to God. Bring glory to God. I'll close with this. Matthew Henry, he says this. He says, good Christians must be good husbands of their time and take care to improve it to the best of purposes by watching against temptations, by doing good while it is the power in their hands, and by filling it up with the proper employment. Our time is a talent got, uh, given us by God for some good end, and it is, in, uh, it, it is misspent and lost when, we, when it is not employed according to his design. You know, a, a few months ago, maybe a year ago, we, we offered to you a resource called Right Now Media. And right now, media is an online, sort of a Christian Netflix, if you will. If you don't have the password to go on there, it's a free resource. We want to give this to you. We're paying this so that you can use this and, and disciple your family and, and be discipled yourself. But right now, media is a great resource. There's hundreds and hundreds of, of devotions and Bible studies that you can go. And as a family, you can watch and you can learn and you can grow in your relationship with Christ. Here's a few that we have right here that just deal with just time management in your life. Being good stewards of your time. A couple of my favorite are, are John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life and also Andy Stanley's Time of Your Life. Those are some good ones, but there's many on there that teach us what it means to be good stewards of our time. 
But let me also just say this. There's no greater resource. We have no greater resource than the resource that we have in the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? You know, Jesus, when he was getting ready to ascend into heaven, he turned to his disciples because he could see the fear on their face. They didn't want to be left alone. And Jesus would say to them, I will send to you, what? A helper. A helper. The Holy Spirit of God has been given to us to teach us and to equip us and to sanctify us and to bring us to a place where we can best bring glory to God. So this morning, as we think about the greatest way that we can respond from the voice of God, God speaking into our hearts this morning, as we can contemplate how we might could come and pray and just ask God to help us be good stewards of our time, not just with our money, but with our time, that God would help us to know how we can, how we can best glorify him with everything that we are, bring glory to his name through the use of our time. Let us respond to God. Let us pray. Let us pray for our community. Let us pray for options now. Let us pray for camp. Let us just pray and ask God through his Holy Spirit to move among us that we would be equipped to take light into the darkness. Just a moment, I'm going to pray. Our pastors will be down front. This altar is open. We'll meet you in the connection room if you'd like to come and pray with us there. We are here for you this morning. Let us worship God with our time. Father, we are thankful for this day. And God, the last thing we want to do is waste our summer. God, the last thing that we want to do as believers in Christ Jesus is live our life in such a way that that God, our lives are more about us than you. And so, Father, I pray that for each and every one of us here today, that we would be right now involved in just evaluating our life and asking those questions. Why is time management important to me? Asking the question, God, in what way am I wasting my time? And God, asking the question, how can we ultimately bring glory to you through the use of our time. God, I realize that there may be some here today that, God, you have spoken to and you have challenged. And God, for whatever reason, they're waiting. God, I pray that you would speak into their hearts. Father, I pray for all of us that are here today that, God, that we would, God, we would value the time that you have given us, that we would recognize, Father, that you have given us one of the greatest gifts that maybe sometimes we never recognize. And that is time. Help us to be good stewards. Move in our hearts. Change our lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.